The Bible says to encourage one another and build one another up. That is why this podcast exists. Welcome to Real Life with Lynn, where you will find stories about applying scripture to life, whether it's over something big, small, or something in the gray area. I hope you will join me on the journey, find some encouragement in Jesus, and share it with someone you know. Hey y'all, how is your day going so far? Welcome to the first official episode of my new podcast called Real Life with Lynn. And in case you were wondering, I'm Lynn. (laughs) In case you were thinking there's anyone else here present, um, this is me. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here and that you hit the play button for me. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear what God has put on my heart for today. So, First of all, I just would like to share an interesting story about the name of this podcast and how it kind of came into fruition and came to be. I sent a text message to a few of my friends and I asked them, if I were to start a podcast, if I were to do this, what would I call it? What would I name it? And I got many different responses, many different types of answers, follow-up questions, and everything else in between. But I had one specific friend She responded and she said, if you were to have a podcast, I would imagine that you would spend time discussing real life issues and the application of scripture to those issues. This is just what I would picture for you. So whatever name you can use to communicate that, by all means, do it. Well, here we are. And the name of the podcast is Real Life with Lynn. And I want to give a special shout out to my friend Dale from Ohio, who recommended that to me and said that to me. I really appreciate her presence in my life. Do you want to know what I was originally choosing? I spent a day brainstorming this. I took out a blank sheet of paper and I just took a pen and I just started writing out all kinds of different ideas. And they ranged from cheesy and corny to a little crazy. But one that kind of stuck with me is because part of this podcast is talking about walking out our faith, not just believing but actually taking action upon what we believe I wanted to call this podcast hang with me walk it out now if you don't understand why I chuckle at that and why I didn't really go with it feel free to look up the lyrics to the song and find the song it was very popular for me in high school and for some of you that might be my age you may remember it if you're older or younger you may or may not or it may just be a cheesy notion to you Um, it definitely was to me But I didn't want that song associated with the content because the content of this podcast is very different than the content of that song called Walk It Out. So if you would like a little insight into high school me, just look that song up and you will surely find it. (laughs) So today I felt the best place to start. Um, The more I prayed about it, the more I asked God what to do, thought the best place to start would be to talk about life goals. And that's a term that I've heard a lot lately on social media and among friend groups, life goals. What are your life goals? What what inspires you? What what do you want to do with the rest of your life? This is a looming question for a lot of people, and it's often presented to us roughly around the age of 18, at least when I was 18, that's what was presented to me. Nowadays, they're presenting that question a lot younger in life. You have kids that are starting college classes in the seventh grade. And they're going into college as a sophomore, junior. And so that question of 
what do you want to do with the rest of your life hangs over kids at a young age now. It's become a thing. And so what is the goal of your life? (laughs) And uh, when I was asked that question at age 18, I honestly didn't really know, but I thought I did. (laughs) At the time, I actually started college as a pre-veterinary major, and I loved it. I was passionate about animals. I didn't really know how I would feel about working with people. So animals seemed like a good thing for this country girl. But I also knew that I probably could do well at it. I didn't really know. So that's what I went with. I started off as pre-veterinary medicine and I ended up graduating with a degree in psychology. (laughs) Very different uh, paths that I took. So at 18 or even younger or even now, I'm 29. It's 11 years past that time and that I've experienced many ups and downs and I have spent a lot of time asking this question. What's the point? And I've asked that question to God. God, what's the point of life? Specifically, what is the point of my life? What do you want me to do? And I often equated that question with a job, a level of financial security, a husband, kids, any of those things that you can think of. I often equated goals of life and purpose in life with the things that I can see that are tangible or the things that I see other people pursuing that I may want. Sort of a keeping up with the Joneses idea of life goals. Today, I would like to briefly introduce you to the idea that the purpose of our lives is even greater, even deeper, so much sweeter than the things that we can tangibly put our hands on. And I want to share a story with you from a character in the Bible, actually, whose life goals got completely turned upside down by Jesus. So let me share that with you. There's a passage of scripture in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter three. This is a chapter that I try to read once a year. Now, I haven't been as faithful with that in the last year or two, but typically I will read this chapter toward the end or beginning of a year as a means of resetting, as a means of resetting my heart and mind on what truly matters and what are my goals for the upcoming year versus a New Year's resolution. I try to think of tangible, doable goals. And because I am a Christian, I bring Jesus into that. Jesus has a influence over what I deem to be a right path for me. He has great influence. And this chapter And the story of the man who wrote this chapter has had significant influence in my life as well. It's this guy named Saul. Now, there's a Saul in the Old Testament. That's not who I'm referring to. I'm referring to the Saul of the New Testament. The Saul that we see in the book of Acts. Now, if you don't know your Bible very well, it's okay. So the book of Acts is a book written about the Acts of the early church. Right after Jesus has died and he has risen and he is in heaven The disciples go out and they begin spreading this news of Jesus. They begin telling people about what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've learned. And they begin to form the church. Not necessarily as we know it today. They didn't go around building buildings, putting in water systems for people. But they did form a specific group and community. Helping each other, loving each other. And like in any good story, there's a villain. There's opposition. And Saul was that opposition. Saul spent 
most of his adult life growing up in the Jewish temple. In this day and age, we would say he grew up in church. <laughs> if we were to put that in modern terms, we'd say Saul was the most religious guy you could find. He knew the scripture inside and out. He knew the Old Testament very well, which is what they had available in his day. He had it memorized. He attempted to follow it to the letter. was very strict in his religious traditional practices. So Saul's the kind of guy that you would notice that might even be a little legalistic. He follows the letter of the law to the T. And he opposed the disciples of Jesus. He did not approve of what they were doing. He didn't approve of the early church. In fact, he opposed it so much that he went around killing Christians. For lack of a better way of saying it, he spent his time as a grown adult killing Christians. Now, did he really know what he was doing? Maybe on some level, but Saul had not encountered Jesus and Jesus made all the difference for this guy. So Saul is walking on a road and he is on his way with some companions to kill Christians. He's getting ready and for another mission. <laughs> this is just another day for Saul. He's walking down the road with his friends. All of a sudden, Saul is knocked blind and he hears a voice, a voice talking to him asking why he persecutes him. Saul recognizes it as the voice of Jesus. He says, Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? What are we doing? What's going on? He's discombobulated, confused, probably even scared. And God sends him to the house of a, of a prophet of his day, in the day, Ananias, I believe was his name, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I might not be. Ananias received Saul hesitantly, reluctantly, and helped him find out how to regain his physical sight, but also guided him to open up his spiritual eyes, to open up his heart to Jesus. And this encounter changes his life. Saul goes from killing Christians one day to worshiping with them, serving the same God that they do. He goes from pulling them out of their homes and in the street and sentencing them to death to linking arms with them, joining them in the mission of the gospel, in the mission of spreading the news of Jesus. Completely opposite, a, a 180 entirely. And later on in Saul's life, his name is changed to Paul. Now, if you know anything about Bible people or people that wrote parts of scripture, Paul is a name that you'll know because Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And he wrote this chapter in Philippians that I have been going on about. <laughs> this chapter in Philippians that resets, helps me reset and, and look at life goals. He wrote this chapter, an incredible chapter, comparing his life as a persecutor to what his priorities currently are. And Paul lays this out really well. Here is what he has to say. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Although I, Paul, could boast as having confidence... If anyone else thinks he is confident in the flesh, I have more reason. Circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them mere rubbish 
so that I may gain Christ. Can you believe that this guy used to kill Christians and now he's willing to suffer and lay down his life for Christ? That is a huge change of priority. And as Paul goes on in the latter parts of this chapter, he names a few things that are the goals of his life. First, he talks about being found in him, being one of God's children, being saved as we would term it. So Paul says, one of my main priorities in life is to know and be, to be found in Jesus. This is one of my goals in life. As he goes on, he continues to say that he also wants to know him. So not only does he want to be found in him and be one of his children, but he also wants to know him. This is very different priorities than what he had when he was named Saul. So think about this for a minute. Think about your life for just a moment. What are your current life goals? Is your goal in life to finish school? Is your goal in life to be married and have kids? Is your goal in life to own a house someday? Buy a fancy car? Gain your friend's trust? Prove your worth to your parents? What is the goal of your life? What is your purpose? Is it your job? Is it sitting on the couch, binge-watching your favorite show on the weekend? What is the goal of your life? That's a heavy question. It's a tough question. And God's answer to that is simple, and yet it requires walking out. It requires faith. It requires stepping out of where we're comfortable and into wherever God is. Think about that. What is the goal of your life? What are you, what are you chasing after the most? Is that thing you're chasing knowing Jesus Saul encountered Jesus and it completely changed everything. I know that's the same testimony of my life. I encountered Jesus and it changed everything. Remember me saying I started college as a pre-vet major and then ended up in psychology? Do you want to know why? Because of Jesus. And I hope and pray that you are encouraged to know that he loves you. He sees where you're at and he desires to meet you there. How can I say that with so much certainty? Because he has done it for me time and again. That's the encouragement I'd like to leave with you. I, Lynn, and Saul and Paul don't have it all together and we don't have all the answers. But the journey's kind of fun and we're on this journey together. God bless you and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you were able to find a nugget of encouragement or wisdom for your life today. I would love to hear what God is teaching you. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or the website. Don't forget, share what you learned today with someone you know. And also be encouraged. You're not alone on this crazy, curvy, and sometimes bumpy road I like to call real life.